Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This UV lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and Bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Guys, there's so many storylines going on in combat sports world and on today's show. I'm going to get to as many of them as I can. 
I'm still stuck on Israel Adesanya's next opponent because I'm not convinced it's the winner of Whitaker versus Duplessis. Plus, Max Holloway wants a crack at Conor McGregor, but I'm not convinced that Conor's even going to fight again. More on all that a little bit later. You know what? Let's begin with this. It doesn't matter. I mean, in all fairness, it does not matter what a guy made to fight. Now, I'm talking about Tank versus Garcia. It doesn't matter. But I do find it interesting. You know, they used to they used to leak this. We would get this all the time. I shouldn't call it a leak. They used to report this every Monday. We'd have, we'd have a big fight, and it was always either UFC or Bellator. They, whoever looked into this didn't do it for everybody. But if there's a UFC or a Bellator event, come Monday, we, the audience, would see what the fighters got paid. It goes through the commission, which is on taxpayer money, which means that information is public. They would just tell us what the, what, what the show was, what the win was. And it was interesting to know people's business, right? It is. It's it. Would you like to know your neighbors? I mean, you say, you say that you want it, but would you like to know? Okay. So I understand why things get embellished. I, I truly do. I, I don't know if anybody has come into this sport and let you know that's okay. It's okay to storytell. It's, it's okay to entertain. There is some business that is your business. It, it wasn't theirs in the first place. And you can entertain. I, I, I really do get that. Okay, I'm not a prude on that. You guys know that. But when they lie, to the extent that they lie, then that creates something else with inside of me, right? That, that, that makes me then go back and turn a gun on the very principles that I just got done telling you I support. So I, I don't know... What inner psychology that says about me, I, I suppose I would have to have a, a deep analysis by a professional, but it does. It does bother me, and it bothers me at their stupidity. I had done a, a great podcast, Andrew Schultz. Danny Brenner takes me out to talk about the Grand Prix, which Patricia Mix just won, and Amelia, and he beat Stotts, and that was tough, man. Mix is so good, it's difficult to explain. And he's also unique with his reach, and we all know what he can do on the ground, but he's got that on his feet, too. He's got the cardio. Stotts is so damn likable. He's one of the good guys. So to watch those, I mean, it was just one of these things. But Danny takes me out. I go to New York. I end up doing Andrew Schultz to talk about this process. I did not understand how big Schultz was. The only thing I've ever done in my time in media, that I felt, I could I could feel, I didn't go look for it or search it, I could feel it. Whether it was text with my phone lighting up, actual phone calls, social media, big Twitter guy, social media, where I could actually feel it. The only thing I've ever done bigger was Rogan. It went Rogan, Schultz, Helwani. Like, more bang for my buck than even my own stuff. You guys are used to me. I'm not as impressive here, right? I mean, believe me, I can go places and somebody might want a selfie. When I go to the Starbucks at West Lynn, nobody's giving me cuts in line, right? I mean, it's one of those things. And you guys, it's the same way, but I'm just sharing with you. When I was doing Schultz's show, I did somehow end up on the topic of Mayweather and what he's paid. And there is reports by Forbes, who's very well respected. There's reports by Forbes that Mayweather in a night made a quarter billion. Are you guys aware of that? 250 million for a fight. You, it just didn't happen. N not only did it not happen, it's insane. And it was a joke by Floyd and his team to put it out. They had started joking with you. 
They had started telling you that Floyd carries a bag with him at all times that has $5 million in it, right? They started with that and you bought it. So they moved over to, well, he's got the pay-per-view record and they're looking around for somebody to bust him. Oh, no, hell no, they did it. They, they went with it. The biggest sports repiters in the world went with it. Floyd couldn't believe he got away with it. So he starts pushing. I made, I made $100 million last year. Hey, they wrote it down. Forbes reported it. Very well-respected source reported it. It was a joke. Once he got them to believe he made a million last year, the next year he said, I made 130. They believed it. All of us say just because I made a quarter billion tonight. It, it was a joke. Forbes reported it. So what I was doing with Schultz's show, they brought that to me. They, they said, well, Shale, these are very good sources. This is Forbes. And I, I don't need to drop my Ackermans, but I happen to be gainfully employed by a much more respected and much larger source than Forbes, in all fairness. So are you putting Shale head-to-head with Forbes? Because I'll play that game. Now, what I didn't tell Schultz, but only because I didn't have time, I had been contacted by Forbes. I was contacted by Forbes about fight, and I took the time to ask him that. I said, why do you guys put that down? They said, Joe, you need to understand this. There's, there's no expectation of us to go into this athlete's bank account and see what he got. There's no expectation, and that would be the only way to do it. What we are expected to do is to vet, and all vetting from our standpoint means, because Journalism 101, cite your source. Right? You copy from one person, you've done plagiarism. You copy for three people, you've done research. That will hold up in college. You can plagiarize somebody if at the end you put an ad and say that you, right? It's, it's insane, but it's the truth. You kill one person, you're a killer. You kill five people, you're a serial killer. You kill five million people, you are a conqueror. It's one of these weird things. But Forbes had to explain this to me in their own little way, which was nobody expects us to actually go in and see what's in the account, which would be the only way to know. So we go to credible sources. As long as they said it happened, we can then report that it happened. They said we went to credible sources and they told me what they were. Sports Illustrated was one of them. I'm going to leave the other ones out because I got my own associations. Okay. Okay, good enough. But it's insane. And... It was never meant to be believed, right? Floyd didn't mean for you guys to believe it, but you did. He's laughing and you're dummies. You, you got played by an illiterate guy. And I'm not being a dick. Young man can't read. But he outsmarted you. Now we have Tank Davis versus Garcia. And a report today, and I happen to know the guy that wrote, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to tell you who wrote this. I'm just not. There's some protections. There's a level, there's a level of protection you get if you're in Chael's orbit. This was somebody from my orbit that wrote it, but it was massive and it's everywhere. If you read about it, you read about it because he's the one that put it out. Other people have picked it up and taken it, but it all came from him. He said that Tank made $10 million. You guys hearing this? Tank to fight Ryan Garcia got $10 million. Now, I'll tell you right now, Tank's a big deal. I'll tell you right now, Tank is the face, one of them, for boxing. Of course, he's not Tyson Fury, but he's one of them. It's a big deal. If you were a promoter and you could have Tank 
or you could have Lomachenko right now. You're gonna have a you're gonna have a real back and forth, and you have some politics and well, what venue and where are we playing? But you're probably going to go with Tank. And even if even if you disagree, you but you see where I'm saying he's that big. He's that big. I couldn't have done this piece a week ago. He wasn't. That was an interesting fight. They promoted it really well. There was there wasn't a star. A star was born. So to talk about 10 million, you sound a little bit stupid. Just doesn't work that way. Now, moreover, they broke down where the 10 million came from. He got 5 million that night. The commission came in the back and handed him $5 million check. All right. That did not happen, but, but this is the story, okay? Furthermore, in the story, the pay-per-views did 1.2 million. That also did not happen. This is this they did 1.2 million. And Tank received half the revenue. Okay. Now, I read it again because obviously they just used the wrong word. Can't come down on a guy because he uses the wrong word. But he used the word revenue. And this is a business piece. He's talking about money. He says the word revenue. It's the wrong word, but he says revenue. So let's just think about that. Tank got $5 million from these guys. He got $10 million overall. So how much is missing? What's the missing number we need to know, right? Turns out it's $5 million. They did 1.2 million pay-per-views. And he got half the revenue. Which would mean the pay-per-view was $10. Did any of you pay $10 to watch that fight? And now that you have everything right in front of you, it's, it's so easy to accept that Floyd got a check for a quarter of a billion dollars. Until you ask, who wrote the check? Right? Who's the gangster that came in and wrote that? And that's, that's where the wheels fall off the bus. But now more recently as... Today, an article came out that Tank got half the revenue on the pay-per-view, which was stated at $1.2 million and totaled $5 million, which means that PPV went for $10. So the rest of you that spent $80 on it, I guess, according to this author, that all of them went and picked up, makes you a little bit stupid. Kids on the Underground, you guys know what that is, right? I throw that term out, you know about the Kids on the Underground. The Underground Forum is one of the great websites in the history of our sport. I would believe it to be the greatest. It is the only forum where you guys can leave a message, I can leave a message. It's the only forum that I know of where fights have been made. Top organizations have gone and seen two fighters that went at it on the underground forum and started what's called a thread. Do you guys remember Joel, the Godfather? Remember Joel? Joel went on the underground forum and pretended to be Jeff Munson one time. And while pretending to be Jeff Munson, called out Rico Rodriguez. And they had both won Abu Dhabi. There's a little bit of a tie in there. And they were both heavyweights. At any rate, while pretending to be the snowman, he gets a thing going with Rico. Rico takes the bait. Joe Silva sees it. Book the fight. 
Jeff ended up going and fighting Rico. I'm just sharing for you. This is how effective it was. There was a back and forth going. Joe Silva booked it, put it on pay-per-view. Okay. There was something going around the underground right now. Okay. And it has to do with Max Holloway calling out Conor McGregor. And Max did that recently. Two or three days ago, Max called out Conor in some fashion. And Max has a claim to Conor. Max came and fought Conor on Conor's second time in the UFC. It was his second time. I was there for it. And that was interesting to me because I had not met Conor. But we did a press conference. And boy, that crowd, they were holding up signs for him. They're holding up signs for this, this Irishman who'd only been in there one time. It was an incredible thing. They had a lookalike contest. The UFC put it on. He'd only been in the octagon one time. It was an undercard. He's getting ready to fight Max on an undercard again. And they held a lookalike contest. And hundreds of people showed up looking like he used to wear a bow tie. And it was, it was a very cool thing. It was very eye-opening. Whoa, who's this guy? This is massive. He was the main event of the undercard. Big deal. Max was 20 years old. The time of that fight, Max was the youngest person signed to the organization in any weight class. He did not have confidence. He did not have experience. Max was not yet Max. Connor had a bad knee, they say. So, and it was a competitive match. It went all three rounds. And I'm only telling you that story because Max has a little bit of a claim to Connor. Now, the kids are giving Max a hard time. They're saying that's a bad strategy. Look, don't pretend, and most people do, that they're a great matchmaker because you tell me who Connor's next opponent should be and you prove that it can sell out and be a main event and do records, right? Anybody can sell a Ferrari. Can you move the Volkswagen Beetle off of the lot, right? I mean, that's one of the things. And my point being, whoever you put against Connor is going to be a good night of business. But if you do want to have that discussion, I'm not on board with giving Max a hard time for suggesting it. He has a rightful claim to Conor McGregor. For sure he does. And Max, within the same interview, said that he can see a roadmap to get him back to Volkanovski a fourth time. I think that's hard to do. But Max has done a lot of things that are hard to do. So if Max wants to pursue it and talk and, and show us something new, I'm open to the idea. But Hold that thought. Let's go back to Connor. There's a few guys that live in a purgatory alone, right? Max is a very clear number one contender. He is very clearly the next best guy. If you were to ask Volkanovski himself, who's the next best guy? He'd tell you it's Max. Volkanovski is getting ready to fight the interim champion, Yarir, who's awesome, but Yarir lost to Max. Max is a star. Connor is a star. Dustin Poirier is a star, which is why those three guys have found each other. They got they got this little round robin going on. We had Nate Diaz, who, according to Nate, is going to be back. Masvidal removed himself from the party, but I like it. I like it. Nick Diaz. Nick was around. He fought Robbie. It's a damn fun fight to watch. Made it sound as though he wanted to come back. I don't know how open that door was. I, I wish that it would have been. I, I love the idea of having these guys. And we don't have to do everything the same way, right? I mean, we can could, we could even play with the weight class if you wanted to. 
Uh, Max and Connor just having fun here. Fight at 150, let's say. Right? I would never, I would never be for that. We can't do that. These aren't for contenderships. But if that's not what you're doing, if you're not doing contendership matches, if you're having fun, if you've got these guys that are now stars and you could just put super fights together, and you got a category, I'm not against the idea. I, I rather like it. I mean, I'm hearing talk. Let's go back to Pori. That Pori is going to fight Gaethje, and this is Gaethje's idea. Poirier, of course, agreed to it, but that, that's ego speaking. Poirier's already beat him for one, but that night, they bludgeoned each other. Go bludgeon each other again. If they want to do it, that's a hell of a contest. I'm just suggesting for you, they've both been champion. So's Max and so's Connor. Those four guys right there all had belts. They don't have to be here just because they're trying to pursue those belts. There's other things they can do. They're very special. They're very unique. They've earned it. You have nominated them to go into this different category, this super fight category. I don't hate the idea. That's all I'm sharing for you. There's a thread on the underground, right? I check the thunder, under, thunderground. I check the underground every morning. Cup of coffee, MMA.tv. Do it every morning. I don't think that Max's idea... Look, I'm not bullish on the idea that Max and Connor are going to go find each other again. But I am bullish on the idea that there are some stars that we can find. I'm going to tell you another guy that's real fun to watch is Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler's as fun to watch as anybody out there. Gaethje gets all the credit, but Chandler deserves equal billing. He really does. And I don't believe that Chandler has a partner. I don't believe he has an opponent. I don't know what he wants to do. But Chandler versus Max Holloway, just by example, for me, that works. I got a DM on Twitter. You kids know what that is? You know what a DM is? So... It was a video of Conor McGregor playing roulette. But the title says, the or, or the caption, he sends me the video, but then the, the, the remark that he makes is, I think this is proof that Conor McGregor is never going to fight again. So I watched the video. I have no idea how we got to that conclusion. It was Conor looking like he was playing something. I actually couldn't tell what he was playing. And somebody asked him a question with a camera, and he answered the question. Conor was quite a gentleman. I don't know how we got to the conclusion that he's not going to fight again. However, I do think that topic is fair game. It's certainly not what we've been told is going to happen with Conor. That, that, but we know nothing. We, we know there's no match, there's no against Chandler, there's no 155 pounds or 170 pounds, there's no training camp at Big Bear, they're in the middle of, nothing that we've been told is accurate. That's okay. That's okay. There's two kinds of stories, guys. There's only two. You got fiction and nonfiction. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just sharing for you that it looks like other people are now catching on. And very seldomly... And when I say very seldomly, your attempt would be a grand total of never. Sometimes it happens, but your goal is for never. You want to tell both guys, right? If one guy had a secret, you don't tell the other guy. You either protect this or you work on this or you figure out how you're going to solve this, but you don't, you don't need to share information. 
The sharing and or not sharing of information is quite literally the definition of a business, aside, of course, from making sure you have an entity that can be repetitive where your profits exceed your expenditures. Other than that, the protection of information is what makes it a business. So at some point, Chandler is going to wake up and realize, I don't have a fight coming up with Connor, which means I don't have a fight coming up at all. I'm a prize fighter. I got a family. I mean, right, it's going to be one of those situations at some point. But what does happen? And why? Why not? Why is that not happening? Seems like a really good idea to me. Seems like a really good match to me. And what else would you like to see Chandler do? And do you believe that Connor will come back but against somebody else, right? I mean, that's where it gets tough. I mean, that's where you do start to speculate, well, maybe he's just not coming back. I can't think of a better opponent. I can't think of something I'd like to see more. I can't think of anything that's got more wind behind it than Chandler. So if we're not doing Chandler, are we just not doing this? In all fairness, it, that would be on the table. Be a very light prediction. Don't, don't, don't bet too much on that. But you'd have very good reason to look at it. And as the days go by, they're turning into weeks. And those weeks are turning into months. And there is definitely things that are off. And they do have an ability to have long-term effects, right? I mean, it's a domino. You get you get one to fall, or you get one that doesn't fall. It affects so many different things. So whatever Connor's thing is and whatever is going on there, right? And we don't have a ton of information, guys. We were told there's something about a TV show that was being filmed. I think that's behind us. But we were also told there was a training camp set up at Big Bear that did not happen. We were also, what else What what else were we told that not, turned out to be true? You want to know what we've never got an update on is the leg. We've been given information on injuries that we never should have. We should have zero information. But that's never actually happened. We always have the information. Prohaska's shoulder, worst we've ever seen, right? We never should have had that, but we do have that. Oliveira, out. Minor injury. We never should have known that, but we do know that. We watched Connor's injury happen. We didn't watch Prohaska's happen. We didn't, we didn't have any idea of shoulder hurt. We didn't watch Oliveira's happen. We don't have fo- footage of that. We watched Connor's. We know that that happened. But we didn't follow up on it. We don't know that it's healed. We've seen some videos from the gym. We've heard different things. We've seen some training. Instagram's pretty effective. Right? A picture's worth a thousand words. I'm just sharing for you. There's a lot of information that we don't have. A lot. And at some point, it's not going to be us. It's not going to be us that's asking. It's going to be Chandler. Chandler's going to look around and go, hey, I'm working really hard. I got prepared for something, and I was told, and I'm kind of counting on, and he's, I understand things changed. I'm not mad at anybody, but I would like a different opponent. I mean, right at some point, he's going to ask those questions. And if those questions happen to come up simultaneous. I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. But I did get a DM. And for the first time ever, I had somebody asking me or portraying for me that they're starting to see the writing on the wall and that Connor might never fight again. I don't think the fact that he was sitting in a beautiful red jacket and nice enough to answer a stranger's question in some form of a gambling hall is evidence of that. However, Nothing else that we were told is true turned out to be. These really aren't our questions. 
He doesn't need to fight. We'd like him to. But it does affect an opponent who hasn't done anything wrong. So whatever information there is out there, whether we're entitled to it or not, in my own opinion, we're not. But we are entitled to the outcome of that information, which if that means he's not going to train to fight, we've seen enough to know that he's not preparing to fight, at some point we do have to bring in Michael Chandler and inform him of that. Robert Whitaker, guys, is it is it too late to scratch it? Is it too late? Why are we doing this fight? Israel Adesanya is doing interviews. Israel Adesanya communicates with you, the public, as well as any athlete today, not just fighter. Israel communicates and relates and talks to you like you're his buddy. It's one of the things that everyone loves about him. He's a regular guy, and he can come across that way on Twitter. You know how hard that is to do. You have any idea how hard that is to do? Particularly when you're wearing a gold and a diamond. I mean, it's it's one of these things. But then he's eating fast food and fry food. He comes off as a regular guy. He is saying, and this guys, this is yesterday. Yesterday, I'm not going. I'm not going back to when he said I'm going to drag your carcass all over Africa, which was one of the great lines there. Media couldn't even touch it. They couldn't even touch it. You got a white guy, you got a black guy, you got Africa. We're out. But everybody was listening. They just didn't have the courage to get involved in it. I'm not going back to that, guys. I'm going back to yesterday. Okay, he hadn't missed a day, and I'm talking about Izzy. He has not missed a day since the dragon of the carcass. Duplices is meeting him right back. I mean, Duplices being a good partner, he just doesn't quite have the reach. You got to search it a little bit, but boy, it's there. Somewhere in this, we signed Duplices to fight Whitaker. Okay, great. Adesanya yesterday said, that's going to be my next fight. I'm not going to fight anybody else. That is the fight that I want. Now, he can't get it. He knows that he can't get it. At least he can't get it now. Duplices is busy. He has Whitaker, of which I don't think we've been given a date. I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong. Don't think you got to tell me. Okay, you know what? I am wrong. They did give it a date, but we got to wait. It's like three months. Right? I'm going off the top of my head. Is it 10 weeks? Is it 11 weeks? It's it's a while. Well, then you'd, you would need Duplices to come out on top of that. And you don't want it to get named a number one contenders match, right? I mean, see, this is the game. You don't want that fight named the number one contenders match because that could mean that we got to then see Robert Whitaker versus Izzy again. And okay. But you want Duplices and you got him in this fight. Now, I went to DraftKings, guys, and I had a very hard time finding the odds for this. And then it came out and it was two to half already. That surprised me. And I'm talking about Duplices versus Whitaker. That surprised me it was two to one. I thought it would be more. Robert Whitaker, that's a meaningful gap, right? You have the number one ranked guy taking on six. We thought that six was too far back to put against our champion, but we put the number one guy against him. Well, so what? Now, now we're not arguing over six, we're arguing over one. Six and champion was too too big of a gap. Number one and six. I mean, the okay. 
I want to say this without being a hater. I'm I, I'm not hating on the thing, but you, you're you're putting a champion against six or a number one against six, and the whole reason we don't put number one against champion is number one didn't do what was expected in their last match. I've hinted on this to you guys twenty times, but I I can't really be more specific, right? He's not getting back in there, not anytime soon. So Izzy says, I'm not going to fight anybody but this guy. Okay, great. Guys say things all the time, right? Leon is right now saying he's not going to fight Kobe. It's not like it. Come on. You know it's different when Adesanya says it. Because he said a whole bunch of crazy stuff that he did them all. I'm going to go up to 205 pounds, even though I only weigh 193, and fight for the absolute best guy in front of the world, and put my record on the line, and my reputation, and everything. And I'm going to go do it, even though I'm probably not going to beat him. I'm going to do it anyway, because I said I would. And then he did. I'm going to get my hands on a greatest wrestler in the division, that Olympic medalist, that world champion out of Cuba, Yoel Romero. I'm a skinny kickboxer from New Zealand. But then he did it. Saying his next fight's going to be Duplessis, this is one of the smaller claims he's ever made. He finishes up with Cannoneer and he cuts Joe Rogan off and says, quit playing games. It's me and Piera who had knocked him out. And then he went and did it. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. Izzy says a lot of stuff, but he does them all. This is small. I'm going to fight Duplessis next. I'm not going to fight anybody until I have Duplessis. I will hold out. That's a small claim from this man. He's done much bigger things. So... In, in the meanwhile, that all these things have happened, this whole time frame that I just laid out for you... All, every, I mean, I, I, I went back. I really did a great job in five minutes and 27 seconds and brought you guys up to speed. You want to know what I didn't say? And I didn't, I didn't say it because I forgot it. I didn't say it because I didn't know about it. I didn't say it because I left it out. I never once told you about any heat that Whitaker has thrown at all towards Duplessis. I did not tell you about one tweet, one interview, one Instagram post, one comment, one thought. They could have been kind. He could have said, I, the guy's got great abs. I mean, it could, it could be a nice thing. He didn't say it. He didn't do anything. Nothing. Zilch. And quite frankly, Duplessis hasn't really done that either. At one point, he had to speak on him because they announced the fight, and he did. He went right back to Izzy. So you got two guys that don't want to fight each other. They got to fight because that's appropriate. You got number one versus number six, but we can't do champion versus number six. Guys, stop. I don't know where these guys are fighting. I don't just mean where in the world. I don't know where on the card. If this is a main event, it's already slotted for a main event. Off you go with tickets already on sale. I, I'm probably beat here, right? I mean, there's certain things that you have to do because it's the right thing to do. And there's certain things you got to do because you said that you were going to do it. There's other things that you take a good look and you rewind it while there's still time. Prohaska and Glover was set to be the biggest bomb of a pay-per-view in rematch world title history. They didn't put either one of them in. I mean, it was, they didn't keep half of it. They pulled them both. I mean, I'm just sharing for you. There's, it's not too late. We shouldn't have made Duplessis versus Whitaker, should have we, guys? We should have made Duplessis versus Adesanya. Shouldn't have we, guys? When Izzy says, I'm not going to fight anybody else until I fight him, Izzy doesn't care if he doesn't beat Whitaker. Are you aware of that? It's very important that you understand this. And Izzy says, I won't fight anybody until I fight him. That was not Izzy coming out saying, I predict that he beats Whitaker. 
As a matter of fact, Izzy predicts that Whitaker is going to beat Duplessis. Izzy doesn't care if he's coming off a loss. He doesn't care if he's coming off a knockout, humiliating defeat. He's going to fight him next, according to Izzy, which is the exact same thing that he said about Yoel Romero and then did it. So if you want to play that game with him, right? I mean, the inmates can't run the asylum, but believe me, I, I understand all of these things. But when you have a guy with that much goodwill who has done everything that he said he's going to do, and he is now saying, I am not getting in there unless it's against him. Oh, and by the way, next. I would understand why you can't give in to that. Believe me, I would. But you also have relationships with certain guys where you, you, you trust them and they've done a great job. Not like he's calling for an easy fight. I and mean, that was one of the reasons he got Romero. Romero was coming off a defeat, wasn't even in title talks, came in off a loss, walked in there and got the fight, because it wasn't an easy fight. It was a terribly dangerous and reckless fight. A skinny kickboxer from New Zealand wanted to take on an Olympic wrestling medalist from Cuba. I mean, there was, there was no way to say that that wasn't a, a terribly difficult and hard match. But, but he also proved, if I got heat with a guy, I'm in the fight business. And I'm not because of my status or my championship or my car placement or any other reason that you want to put on me. I'm not going to become a victim of my own success. Everybody in the world has somebody at the office or on the job site that if they could get away with it, they'd take outside and they'd fight. Everybody. We're in the one profession that God ever made where you actually can. And Adesanya has that's why I'm here. I don't get along with everybody. I don't just like everybody. I'm here to fight. And it's a guy that kickboxed for all of those. It's not about the money or the fame. I tell you as a wrestler, it's not about the money or the fame. So I'm I'm just sharing this thought with you. I believe him. When Izzy says I'm not fighting anybody else, I believe him for very good reason. So now we have an opportunity to just pull this fight. what, What are we doing? I mean, we had enough time. It's a great fight. Oh, guys, what, what a terribly skilled fight. I, I could give it all the praise in the world, but guys, I'm going to have to. If I want you to tune in and watch Duplessis versus Whitaker, I'm going to have to shine it up. I'm going to have to talk about their skills and who's who. And I'm going to have to talk about Bobby Knuckles being a true number one contender, one of the great champions ever. The ultimate fighter, Victor, at 170 pounds before he moved up again, the world champion, 185 pounds versus Duplessis, who's never lost within the UFC and taken out two former number one contenders. I'm going to have to do that because they're not. I'm going to have to convince you to watch it. I'm going to have to tell you when and where it is because you don't know. If it was a Chael Sonnen fight and it had been announced three weeks ago, you would know who, what, when, why, and where. You would have it tattooed in your brain because I would have told you so many times by now. I would have found a way to brainwash you. I'd have found a way into your orbit in the last three weeks enough times that you would know what venue we're fighting in and what the date of that fight was. I am a professional in the business making a piece on it. I don't know. All right, Ricky Simone, main event coming up this Saturday. I hope you guys are following. I really, I really do. And if you're not, I would consider it a personal favor if you did. I have told you before. Ricky Simone might be the best fighter I've ever seen. And I would go into practice early. Like, like Ricky at one point, he was getting very frustrated. He And he even told Jake Smith, one of his closest friends, he said, man, I'm never getting out of Portland. I'm just not. There's, there's an opportunity that's not going to come 
my way and I'm going to be a local guy. And every, I just could relate to that. And every, every fighter can relate to what I just said. We're just thinking, man, it's just not going to work for me. Whatever reason, but I'm, I'm just not one of these guys that's going to meet somebody or be given an opportunity. And it didn't overly frustrate him. He still showed up every single day. He had a great relationship with all of his coaches, but a very special relationship with Ian Loveland. Ian Loveland was trained by Robert Fallis and Fabiano Scherner. He understands the sport as well as anybody, but Ian was unique in that he could explain the sport. Not everybody can do that. And he saw something special with Ricky Simone. I'm, I, and I'm just sharing for you, like, as you tell the Ricky story, Ian is a really big part of it. Now, to, to speed this along, I would go into practice early. And we would have some of the higher weights coming at this time, some of the other weights coming at a different time. I would go in at the different time just to watch Ricky. And this he was a local guy. This is not Ricky, the, the UFC fighter. This is not Ricky from the Dana White Contender Series at this point. This is Ricky from the gym that no nobody knows, but I know. I mean, he was running up the wall and hitting punches off it. You know, before Showtime, did the Showtime kick. Just for an example. Just a special and rare wrestler turned kickboxer, turned black belt in jiu-jitsu, turned complete martial artist. Put this in perspective for how good Ricky is. Ricky is the last guy to beat Marab. Do you guys remember that? It was a very, some people would call it controversial. It was a very unusual match. I don't know that there was controversy, right? There was a rule that had never been tested because we'd never seen a sequence before, so then they applied the correct rule. That's not controversy to me, but it is unusual. There's a number of reasons you would redo that match, and believe me, they tried, and we never got that match. Now, I'm going to leave it at there, but I'm just sharing for you, Ricky's very good. You then had a guy called Rob Font. Rob is awesome. Ricky beat Rob. Rob won the decision. Ricky won the fight. Rob is awesome. I'm not putting him down, but I'm sharing for you. This is how good Ricky is. So Ricky's quiet and he's trying to change that. But it's one of those things. Even Chuck Liddell wasn't a star for many years. He changed nothing. He didn't change his hair, he didn't change his fighting style, he didn't change his camp, he didn't change his shorts, just but one day it got over. One day, the world saw him, he became the biggest star in the world. Chuck Liddell had a period of time, he was the biggest star in the world, anywhere. Major uh, promotion, major competition coming out of uh, Japan, organization called Pride back then. Chuck was bigger and could draw more and was more recognizable than anybody in our sport, but he didn't change anything, right? When George Masvidal changed, right, he got the short hair, all of a sudden he's in the Versace uh, suits and jackets, he, he grows the hair out, I mean, it was, it, he changed some things. He, he, he tweaked the character and the gimmick a little bit. I bring this to you because Ricky, who was assigned to a card a week ago, got pulled off of that card. He'll be fighting this Saturday in the main event. It's his first time in a main event spot. He's won fight of the night. He's got a beautiful record. He's got a high ranking. I know the night when I'm, I'm complaining about the outcome, split decision, that he lost the decision, won the fight against Rob Font. Rob was ranked number three in the world. So R Ricky was right there. I know at one point he was ranked number five, but then he's won two or three fights since then. So I'm just trying to go off the top of my head for that weight class. You got Sean O'Malley was number one. I know Jan's got to be there some way, somewhere. I know Marab is believed 
to be a top contender. I know Cejudo came back and has to have a beautiful spot to be getting the fight. You know, so he's right there. There's this really impressive competition. But I want you to see him. I want you to watch him fight. I want this guy to get his opportunity. And Ricky really was having a hard time getting out. And it doesn't completely matter who you know. Like, there's not really anybody, no matter what their standard is in the industry, they would need to call someone else who could call someone. It's, it's a few steps. It's a few steps type thing. And Ed Soros happened to be in Portland. Ed Soros, manager extraordinaire, uh, but he is a owner and a major decision maker with the LFA that has major distribution. And Ed happened to be in Portland. And I leaned on him. And I had never done anything with Ed. I had never done anything with Ed other than attack him in the media as part of building up a fight with Anderson Silva. I call him out of the blue. I said, Ed, I know you're in town. I got to come see you. I, gotta, I want to introduce you to a guy. So he said, okay. And Ricky came down. I said, Ed, this is the best fighter I know. I said, Ed, I know Anderson. I know John Jones. I know George Foreman. Th right? This guy is the best fighter that I know. Can you help him? And he said, yes. And he put him in the LFA, and Ricky only had one fight. He got picked right up. And I believe Ricky then went to Contender Series into the UFC, but now he's worked his way. Top 10 ranking, beautiful spot, main event. That's my pitch. I want to fill you in, and I'm asking you to tune in and support my guy. Guys, I've been looking. I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit away from MMA. Just just a little bit. I'll have daily MMA. But I am trying to get just a little bit of it. And so is everybody else. Ariel Helwani, 15-time whatever of the year, in the last week has done darts. I mean, you got to be pretty desperate for darts. He's doing basketball, which you got to... I think that would be desperation, but I admit there's an audience for it. Lots and lots of boxing. Professional wrestling. And MMA, five things in the last week. And I'm only telling you last week because that's all the further I look back. If I look back two weeks, I would guess it would be the same. If I look back two months, I would guess it's the same. But I'm just using an example, and I halfway get it. I mean, I do halfway get it where there is a frustration if you're a professional of attempting to build and hype and bring a story to a match. The only thing that could possibly build anticipation the one word that the industry survives on, believe me, it's not finishing fights. It's not knockouts. It's not submission. You hear these buzzwords. One thing keeps the lights on, which is anticipation. And the only way to do that is through a story. And if you're a professional and you're attempting to storytell for all of these years for guys who aren't telling their own story, at some point, you start picking up darts, I, I guess. And I will, I will just tell you, as I'm looking at other things, as, I, as, I, as I'm expanding my interests, I would like an opponent. And I found a guy, David Goggins. You guys know this David Goggins? Inspirational, motivational guy. And Goggins backed John Jones in the fight and did this for media. Sat in the audience, got the cameos, he's cheering for John. You haven't done anything when you surrounded yourself with a guy who's the three-to-one favorite. If you had a special sauce, you'd have backed the underdog and had him beat 
the three to one favorite. So I'm giving a real good look at Goggins. Now I must tell you, in fair, that's what got my attention. In fairness, as I started to build up and get prepared to blindside the guy who's got a big voice, he can stick up for himself. Believe me, Goggins will be all right. But as I did that, he won me over. He won me over. There's a lot to this guy. I found him very interesting. I found him very motivational. I found him aspirational. I'm I'm on board. So now I don't have an opponent. He he made he made a fan, and I don't get to have an enemy. All right, good job for Goggins. So then I'm I'm still looking though, right? And the the supplementation space, the do what I do and have the biggest arms in Westland, like that space has always interested me for one reason. It's filled with liars. Now, for the most part, that's just what that is, right? One, one of the reasons that so many things at GNC has been tainted over the years is there is no regulation on that. Our Food and Drug Administration does not oversee supplements. So now you have snake oil. And I will tell you as a kid, on my birthday, I got one thing. I go to a store, I got one thing. I used to have like a $20 cap, but I could get one thing. My dad would take me to the store, and every year I wanted to go into GNC. And I would go look around GNC, and whatever guy on the package I deemed to look the best, I bought that product. And of course it didn't work. They, they never work. They're, they are absolute garbage. But they still exist, and you still have them. And, like, that isn't going to end anytime soon. So as, as I'm snooping around that space, you, you'll generally have somebody like me. Like, like, I've had forums before that will ask me, are you black, are you white, are you Hispanic, are you Asian? I will have to make a box and check it that says I'm shady. That's what I write. The kids I like best in life are the ones I met right outside of the principal's office. But within the space of supplements, which is nothing more than snake oil, you mainly have guys like me. You have a guy that is clearly on steroids. You'll have a guy that might have done a little bit of time in jail. It's one of these things, but he's got a good physique and he's got a camera and he can speak the language and all of a sudden you're going to give this thing a shot. On the outside chance that for the first time ever, it might work. It never does. Ever. Not, not a maybe, not sometimes, never. Now, when I talk about shady characters like yours truly, we're now confronted with a new guy named Andrew Humerman. And he's not a shady character. As a matter of fact, he's from Stanford. And he's very well-spoken. Now, he doesn't say much. He's one of these guys where he's got the smart intellect, but the smartest thing that he does is make a beautiful headline, stay very calm, talking to a camera, and say nothing. So I, I couldn't like encourage you to go and watch one of his videos. I've done that. Probably 50 of them because the headline was beautiful. How to never procrastinate. How to up your testosterone. Blah, 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 blah about dopamine. I've listened to him and I'll do the seven and eight minutes and by God, I mean, he doesn't say anything. He's, it really is a skill, how he can go round and around. But when you have somebody from Stanford that does not have the checkered pass, he's going to be the guy that comes into town. He's going to be the new guy on the white horse wearing the white hat, right? When he is dishonest, now it's a lie. And that's very different. You don't ever hear me call someone a liar. Never. When people are wrong, that's what I say. I say that they have it wrong. And there's a massive difference in lying as opposed to having it wrong. As opposed to you misspoke. Massive. I don't like that he's a liar. He's a liar. I don't like that.
But this gentleman that isn't like the rest of us, he's much more polished to come in and say the things that he's saying. He would, of course, know the difference. And I got to go online. Look, I, I never looked it up. In all fairness, I never looked it up. When I was a little boy, my mother told me what it meant. That it's not a matter of saying something that isn't true. It's a matter of saying something that isn't true when you intend to deceive. The example she gave me, if today is Tuesday and somebody says, what day is it? And you tell them it's Wednesday, but you actually think it's Wednesday. You then have not lied. You're just wrong. So when I watch Huberman go on and tell people how they can up their testosterone fourfold or their growth hormone fourfold, that is not only not true, somebody in his position would know it's not true. So by my mother's definition, he lies. I don't like that he's doing that. I don't know why he's doing that. And it's the biggest problem within our space. It's the biggest one. I'm a big fan of Hulk Hogan, and I forgive him completely. But Hulk Hogan is the example that people my age will always turn to. He denied that he did anabolics. He said he just said a lot of prayers and took vitamins and exercise, right? It turned out to not be true. But now you wasted 20 years of somebody else's life because we believed you. And we tried to simulate you, and we couldn't get the results of you. John Cena has now taken that torch from Hulk Hogan, or The Rock has taken it. But what they could do is they could just tell you the truth, which is legal. It's appropriate, and it's helpful, obviously. Obviously. They don't need to keep that secret selfishly to themselves, and that's where some of the problem comes in. And when a guy like Huberman, who breaks into the space going around making friends with all sorts of people, comes out and tells you that through a cold shower or any other truly dishonest thing that he has said, which is all of it, as it pertains to upping testosterone and upping growth hormone, it is so untrue, but it's provable. Because I've made pieces like this before, and I've had Derek at more plates, more dicks. I've even had Coach Greg come out, and they want to talk about, Chael's wrong. Chael asks you then to bring me the person that you've done it with. You, you, you get all these fitness guys together, and they say that you can achieve certain goals, that you could put on 20 pounds in three months of muscle clean. They'll tell you that after a lifetime in it, but they'll never bring you the person they've done it with. There would be massive money that somebody would give. They're going to give you about $2,500 up front, but they'll put a bonus on that of a quarter million dollars, and they'll give you the 90 days, and they'll do anything that you ask, And if you, but if you get them here of lean, clean muscle and three, they will give you this kind of, but these guys don't try to get it. They don't try to get it. They don't know anyone that's done it. It's not true, and I don't know why. Every fitness guy, including the guys that juice, will tell you that you can get those results without juicing if you're willing to work hard enough. It's not true. And Huberman is claiming all over hell and gone that through showers, just for one, he's got all sorts of claims, fasting and some other stuff, just through a shower that you can up your testosterone four times. That's a blood draw and a test. But he's never provided it, and he never will. That has never happened. That, that is something you, you, have to, you have to be profoundly ignorant to believe, but you have to be a, almost a bad person to say it. My wrestling team, so this isn't one guy. I'm telling you, you don't know one guy. And you're a doctor and there's something from Stanford. Whatever you did over at Stanford, you, you probably drove through town, stopped over at the cafeteria, but wh whatever it is with the Stanford. I don't need one guy. I had a team of guys. I had them my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior, my senior year. It's about 60 guys. 
But when those years were done, I got them again. I got freshman and sophomore, junior and senior year in the form of college. When that was done, I did another 22 years. B big teams, right? Big teams, but lots and lots of guys. Every single day, we did cold showers. Every single day, we lifted our asses off. Every single day, we saunaed. I mean, what a coincidence. You probably don't know very many people. You've probably not done that with the cold showers and the hot and the exercise and the fasting. We had to make weight. We did absolutely everything that they're claiming ups your testosterone. This isn't an opinion for me. Not one person's did. Not one person's. This is silly. When I took testosterone, which was as recently as a week ago, I could not up it four times on exogenous pharmaceutical grade testosterone. I couldn't do that. And he's telling people through sauna, through cold shower, through fasting, I'm going fast here. That's a lie. He knows it's a lie. You can look at his little skinny self. He's never done it. He'll never get somebody that does it. And all he'd have to do is do a blood test. It'd be very easy to prove. And if you're making claims like that, it's not a matter of Chael coming in and telling you, go get somebody and test them. If you were an honest guy, you'd have already had it. You never would have made the claim that they can go up four times. You'd have never made the claim if you didn't have the evidence. So you can't find a guy, you won't find a guy, but you haven't found a guy. And that's a little bit of a problem for Mr. Huber. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. And guys, we're just one week away from UFC 288. Which fight are you most excited for? Who do you think's going to win in the main event? Let me know by leaving a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. And then I'll give you my thoughts on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome.